in our Giant series, we have a very special guest. He's one of the Celebration family, Pastor David Stein, pastors DC Metro Church up in Washington, DC, a church of several thousand. He is just doing awesome. We actually planted up David up in Washington, D.C. several years ago, and he's just doing awesome. We love him. He's a son of the house, and you guys are going to really enjoy the message today. So come on, church. I want you to put your hands together, and let's welcome Pastor David Stein. All right, celebration. Well, so glad to be here with you guys. Uh, when I come to celebration, it always feels like I'm coming home because I am. And uh, so many friends here through the years. And uh, just love your pastors, Pastor Kerry and Stovall. You may not know this, but they are actually my pastors. And uh, we just love them. And I know you do too. So can we just honor Pastor Stovall and Pastor Kerry on the front row uh, here at the arena? Also, my, my wonderful wife is with me as well, uh, Miss Taryn Stein. Uh, just wanted to see if we could give her a hand clap as well. Can you stand up? She's much better looking than me. May not be able to see her at the campuses, uh, but she is good looking, I promise. Um, well, it's good to be with you. You know, as I was praying about what to uh, share with you guys, uh, felt like the Lord really put it on my heart to share something that's become kind of a life message uh, for me. And um, it's also the, uh, the number one subject that uh, Barna Research Group did a study last year. And so what is the number one thing that people that go to church wanna learn more about? The number one thing uh, was how to better hear from the voice of God. And so I thought as a part of this giant series, how many of you know, if you wanna really kill some giants in your life, it's truly hearing the very voice of God on how to do so is the surefire way every time to topple every giant in your life. In fact, uh, Luke 137, that angel Gabriel had just told Mary that she was going to be expected with Jesus and that Elizabeth was going to have John the Baptist. And the angel finished up that conversation by saying, no word from the voice of God will ever fail. And how many of you know that's so true in every one of our lives? that no word that God gives you will ever fail. And you know what that actually means? If you look at it in the original Greek, it actually means that whatever word that you get from God, within that word is the power to achieve that word. That means that if you've been given a word, maybe it was years ago, and maybe you haven't seen it come to pass, how many of you know, still that word will not fail in your life. And maybe some of you, because you're dealing with giants even right now in your life, you need a now word from God, from the very voice of God, within that word will be the power to achieve that word. So I want to call today making contact. How many of you'd say, you know what, I might be able to uh, use a little bit of help in hearing from the voice of God in your life. Come on, would you raise your hand if that's you? Yeah, it's good. Good. I'm raising my hand too. I'm a student as well today as we talk. So why don't we pray? We're going to talk actually before I pray. Uh, I wanna mention this. Um, I have, uh, my very first book is coming out uh, this summer and the name of it is actually Contact. 
uh, and talking about how to hear from the voice of God in your life. And so uh, we haven't done this anywhere yet, not even in the church that I pastor, DC Metro Church, but we wanted to offer something real special for everybody that calls Celebration Home. In fact, you can text in to this number and when the book comes out, you at Celebration, only at Celebration can get it for 99 cents. Come on somebody, a little bit of love from Jesus just for 99 cents in your life. So text into that number. Somebody asked me earlier, is that your phone number? The answer is no, do not call that number. Uh, it, it, it is not my number though. And um, so let's dive in and uh, you ready to just learn how all of us a little bit better can hear from the voice of God. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, we love you. And as your word says, no word of yours will ever fail. God, I just thank you, Lord, that there's so many here that are just desperate to move forward in, in their relationship with you. God, that this would be, I pray that this would be the game-changing message in their life. God, we believe every time we open your word, it has the ability to radically change and transform our hearts and lives. And so God, as we open your word today, God, we pray that you would open our hearts and do significant change towards you. It's in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Let's dive in real quick. We're going to look at Isaiah uh, as I start out. And um, excited to uh, say that, how many of you know God spoke in the Old Testament, but he also spoke in the New Testament. And Isaiah uh, chapter 30 is a place that even Isaiah, which we know about a third of the book of Isaiah, is actually what God spoke to Isaiah. So it's the actual spoken word. And Isaiah 30, 21 says this, says, your ears will hear a word behind you. Everybody say, hear. Hear a word behind you. This is the way, walk in it. In other words, kind of directionally speaking, walk in it. Whenever you turn to the left or to the right. So it's really to determine every step that we would take, but it's a matter of, of really hearing. And, and you know, whenever we talk about anything that might be controversial, I'm not sure if this subject would be about hearing from the voice of God, uh, but whenever we have a controversial subject of any nature, we always need to go back to the words of Jesus. And Jesus himself in John 10, 27 said this, my sheep hear my voice. Everybody say hear. Hear. It's talking about hearing uh, the fact that it's already been spoken, but we need to now hear it. Hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So it's almost talking, Jesus himself talking about it, as it's not only to turn to the right or the left, but really fundamental in our relationship with Christ, and even following the direction that, that our lives need to go, uh, the way that he would want us to go. It's critical that we hear the voice of God. And hearing is really the issue I've found in my own life. It's not a matter of if God is speaking because God's always speaking. He's speaking something fresh every day of our lives and he's constantly speaking, but it is a matter of us hearing or let's call it uh, tuning in. Everybody say tune in. So I don't know, uh, how many of you are old enough to have had an antenna on top of your TV where you raise your hand? Come on, not many of you but you're showing your age, I like that. Uh, you, had a, you know, it was uh, the antenna, maybe some others of you have, uh, I don't know if you'd be bold enough to say you had the uh, very, very classy aluminum foil on it. Is anybody else go that far? You know what I'm talking about? Some others of you, maybe even in that critical moment of the game, you really needed to watch and, and it was kind of going out so you would actually grab the foil on the antenna, come on and, and do one of these deals, you know? <laughs> Honey, don't move, don't move, they're about to, you, you know. You know, the idea is the same whenever it comes to hearing from the voice of God. It's not a matter 
of if the transmission is coming to us, it's just simply a matter of us tuning in, to tune in to the voice of God. So I'm gonna give you three primary ways that you will hear. In fact, in the Bible, these are the three primary ways, not the only ways, but they're probably the the most dominant ways that you see in scripture uh, that individuals are downloading uh, information from God. The first one, real simply, is that we hear God through the Bible. I mean, if you know, the Bible is kind of a big deal. Somebody say amen. It's a big deal. We know that that is the actual spoken word of God. So if you have a scripture to apply to your life that you know God's given you that scripture, how many of you know within that scripture, within that word is also the power to achieve that word in your life as well. The, the word of God is powerful. It is the spoken word of God. How many of you know in, all the way back to Genesis, the way that God created the heavens and the earth was he, he spoke it into being. And we know uh, scientists are telling us that, that the universe is still expanding. Why? It's still creating. Why? Because there's power within the word of God to even do the work that the word of God was set forth to accomplish. And it's constantly happening. That means when the word of God gets into our life, it has the ability to shift things around to bring fresh transformation into our life. Hebrews 4 says this in verse 12, talking about God's, the power of his word. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the division of the soul and spirit, the joints and the marrow. It is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. It's probably why the word of God, did you know that the Bible is actually banned, the number one book banned on planet earth today? It is banned in 52 countries. Think about this, why? Because a, a, um, A dictator does not want something that has the power to even topple the very government that it's in to be within that country. But it also doesn't want the people to get set free to the level that Jesus came to set us free, to give us life and life abundantly. Joshua talks about it in Joshua 1.8, one of my favorite scripture in the Old Testament. It says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in, in it. Would you say all? I'm talking about everything we need to apply. It says, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Uh, that's interesting. You know, even that word has the power to achieve the word within it. That word prosperous in the Hebrew, do you know what that means? It doesn't mean to give you more money. It doesn't mean that. It actually means to be pushed forward by God in life. If you want to be pushed forward by God in life to give you a little push or maybe others of you a little, come on. No, that's all right. God wants to push us all forward. The way that he does is we get a word from God that propels us and actually has the power to achieve what that word was set forth for in our lives. And God has it. It says every day he's got that, uh, for you and I, in fact, um, scripture in Psalm tells us that your word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. It gives us direction, but remember, it's not just a light unto your path to see the next big thing. It's also a lamp to actually see where to step today. God's got direction for you. He's got the movement of your life today. The planning has already been done. It's just a matter of getting the voice of God on that area 
of our life. I wanna give you four real quick, just kinda, these are super practical ways that you can really start getting into the Word today, and this applies to every aspect of this uh, message today. The first thing that we all need to do if we wanna tune in is to get a time and place set aside. You know, it's one thing for you to meet with God today by coming to church, you know, and meeting with Him clearly. I believe God's gonna speak to every one of us as we tune in today. But it's important that we get a time and place to meet with him every day. And, and I found the things that don't make my schedule, how many of you know, they don't make my life. And, and, and I have to actually get the most important meeting with God uh, set up in my schedule before I schedule any other meeting in my life. So that time is so critical to get it on. But then a place as well. Uh, different seasons of my life, I've had different places. I've had places that were better than other places. And oftentimes I've found the places that have been the most successful were those, those quiet places. Come on, not, uh, not, not in a coffee shop. Some of you might, that might, come on, Starbucks might be your anointed place. Come on, it is anointed place. I just wanna say that for the record. But man, that might be your spot. For me, I've gotta have a place that's very quiet uh, for me, uh, a time and place. And then uh, one thing for me is I have a hard time sitting still. Can anybody relate with that? It's probably just me, right? No, all of us, right? Uh, so the next idea is after you get a time and place is to be still and worship. In fact, worship is the way that I get still. If you know, sometimes uh, we say that uh, that ADD side of us, if you will, uh, has a hard time sit, getting still, but the way that we get still is to focus in on God and worship. And so for me, I just put a song on or maybe even sing something, uh, uh, maybe a, even a hymn or something, just to get myself focused in on the word of God. And then uh, the next one is just simply to uh, write, uh, pray and read. Everybody say pray and read. Or read and pray, you could say. Read and pray, and that's where you actually get into the Word. And it's so important that we know, you know, that the Word doesn't translate just because we accept Christ. It doesn't automatically translate. I know back in college, I tried to get everything to translate just by sleeping on it. You know, osmosis doesn't work with the Word of God, even though it does say that His Word is written on the tablets of our heart. It requires us getting in it and meditating on it so that read and then pray is a critical component. And whenever you pray, you're just talking to God. You're just reading the word and then you just simply give God whatever is on your heart heart that time and, and just talk to him just as you would talk to anyone else and present those things to him. And then the big one is really to listen and write. Whenever you listen, then write down what you feel like God is saying. For me, a big part of read and pray has been to read the word and then write down my prayer to God. That's been a big one for me in the last several years. I just get like a moleskin and start writing in that notebook of some sort uh, to say, here's what I'm really believing God for. And then whenever I listen and write, I'm actually saying, God, I'm now tuned in to you. I've given you my prayer request and I'm tuned in to you. What would you say about this situation? And what I do is begin to write from the very voice of God. If you've never tried two-way journaling, I wanna encourage you to do that today. Write down whatever your prayer request is to God and then allow God through the Holy Spirit to write back to you his answer. It never fails. I did it this morning as I did yesterday morning. Whatever my prayer request, God has got the peace. He's got the answer. He's got the encouragement in his answer back to me. What is God saying to you? In fact, if you forget everything that I say today, be sure to write your prayer to God today and allow him to write 
his answer back to you. It will change, it will seriously change your life. Let me give you the second way, and this is a big one, and that is uh, that we hear God through the Holy Spirit. And this is where it gets a little confusing. We wanna know, you know, was it the cold pizza I ate last night? Come on. You know, what is this gonna look like? Pastor David, is it gonna be like a burning bush or like a green mist or something? Come on, it won't be a green mist. In fact, if, if you do see a green mist in your house, please call one of the pastors here. I wanna pray for you at the altar a lot. But what does that look like? What, 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 what does the Holy Spirit speaking to us uh, look like? You know, Romans 8's got this great uh, verse. says, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. But it talks really about the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. There, it's almost that connection, that communication between us and even the very Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of us. How many of you know, greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world? And that, that's that spirit inside of you whenever you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. There was this power that was uh, planted, if you will, inside of you that communes with you, that connects with your day-to-day -day needs. So I'm gonna give you kind of just a few things uh, with some stories in my life to kind of help you kind of land this, just some different ways that, that the uh, different things that the Holy Spirit could produce uh, and truly be the very voice of God in your life. One is uh, really a, a big thing is a supernatural knowing. You might think, what is that supernatural knowing? That's just one of those moments in time where maybe you wake up in the morning or, or, or maybe you just have this thought as you're driving down the road, but it's like one of those moments where I just know that I know that I know that I know. It's one of those overwhelming kind of, I know, uh, maybe it was even an idea about something you knew God wanted you to do, but now you know the timing of it. And how many of you know God speaks that we should do things in life, however, in speaking that we should do things, it's not always that we need to move in that moment and the timing, but we always need to discern what is the perfect timing of God because when we go in the timing of God, we actually go in the blessing of God. And it's critical that this supernatural knowing, Paul experienced this in Acts chapter 16. He, he kept trying to go to Asia, remember this, to spread the, the gospel, the good news. He's trying to do something good in Asia but it says the spirit of Jesus actually blocked him. And then he has this vision, this dream about a man in Macedonia. And all of a sudden he wakes up and it says, and they concluded that God had called them to go to Macedonia. What was it? It was just a knowing, like we know this is where we're supposed to go. For me, uh, one example of that actually happened while I was at Celebration years ago in 2006. Uh, we knew that we were gonna go to D.C. at some point in time. Didn't really know when that would be. Uh, November 2006, though, I was, in, um, I was in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I was here on staff at Celebration as one of the pastors. And we were in Baton Rouge for Thanksgiving. And Thanksgiving morning, 2006, I woke up and had this overwhelming, just supernatural knowing, now is the time to go to D.C., and it was really critical to know that that was the time because, I mean, we were living in Jacksonville, Florida. How many of you know this is one of the greatest places on earth right here? You've got the beach here. We're by the beach. How many of you know the hurricane never comes here? What's going on with that? And, and hey, we were in a year where the Jags had actually won more than three games. Come on, somebody. Don't feel bad. The Redskins only won four games. Um, actually, when I moved away, the Jags started losing all the time, so... You can blame me for that later. Um, 
Nonetheless, it was that moment of time. It was just that now moment. God will do that in your life. Here, an- another way that you can really discern the voice of God is obviously an open door. Everybody say open door. Open door. And we see this often uh, throughout the Bible. In fact, uh, Paul, again, in that Acts 16, what does it show? It shows that there was a closed door uh, to Asia, but an open door to Macedonia. And he knew what direction uh, to take uh, in that instance. And you'll know that that open door in life. We had a a uh, situation as soon as we moved up to the D.C. area. You could probably imagine it's not super easy to do church up there. Um, it, it's predominantly a very liberal area that we pastor in. And when we moved up there, we moved with nobody. Uh, didn't really know anyone in the whole area. And the main thing that we really needed was a place to do church. Come on, how many of you know that's kind of a no-brainer? If you're gonna plan a church, you're gonna have to have a place. We moved up there not having a place at all. And uh, we had been knocking on door after door after door. And the one thing that you pray for if you're in an urban environment uh, and you're planning a church is even before you pray for a roof over your head, you start praying for this one thing over and above. You start praying for parking. Come on. You're like, God, you could give us a parking lot and just a grassy field. We don't even need a roof, you know. Um, and uh, as you guys have parking issues here, how many of you know, it, it, what you need, if you, if you need fresh perspective on parking at Celebration Church, you just need to come to D.C. Metro Church for one weekend. You will have fresh perspective. I mean, we have people coming by public bus, people coming by metro train, people hitching rides, taxis pulling up in the front, people landing on the roof with a helicopter. I mean, you just get there. How many of you know if the doors open at church, I want to be there, Amen. You just get there. And so we were praying and praying. We had closed door after closed door. In fact, uh, in D.C., uh, you're not allowed to use public schools for churches. And so it's a major deal because that would have been the obvious place to meet. Uh, federal buildings, they, everyone that I visited was an amazing facility similar to this one. They all said, no, 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 no. There's this thing about separation in church and state. And I keep telling them, look, don't you dare throw my constitution in my face. That is not what it means. Let me use your building, please. Um, but nonetheless, they didn't let us. And, um, but number 25, the 25th place that we visited was a movie theater that even though they had told us no the first time, they said yes the second time and it had a thousand parking spaces. Come on, how many of you know? Thank you, Jesus. And... Uh, But that also shows that not only open door is a way to hear God's voice, but how many of you know a closed door is equally as good to hear God's voice? Now, I I know we don't like the closed doors as much, but how many of you know that is hearing from God? How many of you know whenever we pray, we shouldn't be praying for open doors. We should be praying for open door. How many of you know I'm under the understanding that the Christian life should be very easy and not confusing? And so whenever God gives me open doors, I mean, if you know, confusion, I have a problem. That's why we have to thank God whenever we get those closed doors in our life. Because why? Because you're actually hearing from the very voice of God. Hey, I'll put it like this. I'll put it like this to further drive it home. Aren't you glad you didn't marry that person? (laughs) Closed doors are a blessing from heaven. Let me give you the next one. Uh, this has been one that's really uh, occurred a ton in my life as of late. It's a, a strong reoccurring thought. 
And, and I think that a strong reoccurring thought happens for me a lot because God knows I have a very thick skull. So he has to say it over and over and over and over in order to get through my, into my brain. And uh, a good example of this happened just last year. Uh, it happened uh, regularly uh, in my life. But a, a good example uh, for all of us is, is last February, I had an, uh, we had run out of space at our two locations in, um, in the D.C. area, We're doing multiple services. We needed a facility. And somebody brought us this uh, opportunity to uh, move into an, a, a church. In fact, it wasn't just any church. It was an enormous church, 145,000 square feet. That's about the equivalent of a super Walmart and a half. Come on, somebody. That's some church. And um, uh, we, we prayed about it and everything. It was in Maryland, which was kind of far from where we were, uh, but it was right next to FedEx Field where the Redskins play. So I was like, this must be God. This is the Lord. And I already had the parking lot rented out in my mind and everything. This is God. So we kind of, we, we all, all, everyone's praying about it. We went to our board. They prayed about it. And they actually were, everyone was excited about it. But at the end of the day, I just had this, uh, I'll call it a lack of peace. Have you ever had that before? And uh, I, I had to make the final decision. And I remember it was February 2014, and we had to make a decision that week. And I was sitting in a uh, small pastor's gathering uh, downtown D.C., and uh, the moderator of this little conference I was at said, hey, I believe in this moment that God is going to speak to every one of us. And I just remember thinking, man, if somebody says that to me, man, I I'm like, roll up my sleeves. I'm about to hear from Jesus. Jesus is about to come in the room to speak to me. Y'all can all leave now. The burning bush is about to happen where your chair is, so move out of the way. You know, God's going to speak to me. Got faith for that, especially if somebody says it. And so here I was, and, and I, I, I need, you know, and, and so he basically said, I believe God's going to speak to you regarding your area of greatest need. And I had to make a decision that day if we're going to move forward on this building. And we knew we were going to get it if we went forward. So I bowed my head, and I was like, God, I need to hear your voice. And I heard this reoccurring thought. It was this, take Virginia first. The building was in Maryland, so I got my answer. But then also, I am under the understanding that if God speaks to you and it lines up with the Bible, which it always will, by the way, if it lines up with the word of God, then you have permission from God to pick it apart. So I started thinking about it. Take. Well, how many of you know we have a good father in heaven? And whenever he says, take it, it's not going to be a struggle. It's going to be very easy. You're just going to be able to reach up as a child of the most high God and grab that thing. And then he also said, Virginia. So we knew that this was a no on this property, which I'm so thankful. Uh, and, and, and then he said, first, which I have a heart to take Maryland at some point with, a, with a, one of our locations in Maryland one day. So what does he say? Take Virginia first. That, that gave us direction in the moment. But I believe that reoccurring thought, if you ask God and you have a thick skull, I believe God will do that for you in your life as well. Take Virginia first. Let me give you another one. It's uh, a strong, uh, I'm sorry, I already gave you that. How about this? An inner warning. This could also be called a check. Everybody say check. Check. This is uh, not condemnation, but we know because the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us, we have this powerful thing that is so valuable called conviction. Do you know all conviction is, is the Holy Spirit inside of us telling us, you're going the wrong direction, change course. You're going the wrong direction, change direction. And I love the fact that the Holy Spirit is so faithful to give us these inner warnings, checks in our life, that if we'll listen, 
if we'll listen, then the new direction that we have will be even granted to us easily and lightly, just as Jesus promised us. Uh, for me, a good example of that is back in 2010 uh, at DC Metro, uh, we had, um, the church was growing at this time and we were, we were uh, growing in our location. And, but we had one thing that had not changed since the beginning. And that was, in fact, if, if you're a church planner and listen to this online, uh, don't ever do this. We had the church office in our house. Come on, somebody. Dumb move. Uh, in fact, it was in our basement, but the basement did not have an out, outside door. So if you were going to come to the church office, you had to come in through the front door, which everybody did because it wasn't our house. It was the church office. So people would walk in the front door. They would high five my nursing wife on the couch. They would kind of walk to the kitchen, help themselves to something in the fridge, in the pantry. They would use the bathroom and not flush, then walk downstairs through the laundry room, not fold any clothes and straight to the church office. So you can probably imagine at this point in time, by 2010, that's three whole years later, we were still in the in my house with the office. And so I was like literally pulling my hairs, hair, hair out, hairs, I have more than one, and <laughs> pulling my hair out. So I was on this, like, I kid you not, it was like a conquest for me. I was going to find a new house for my family. I mean, I was so bent on this, guys, that literally for the span of probably two weeks, I was canvassing areas, pulling the flyers on MLS every day. Come on, I had this motto. Come on, if it is to be, then it's up to me. How many of you know that is not in the Bible? Uh, nor is it biblical. Um, and so I was just everywhere. In fact, I wouldn't even invite my, my wife with me because I thought for sure, and I repent as I repent so many times to her, that uh, I, I just wouldn't take her because I thought she would slow me down. Come on, men. You know what I'm at? Don't say that. Don't raise your hand. And um, <laughs> so here I am. And one day I'm, I'm in the word and I'm like studying each day, of course, and it, doing my devotions. And I was in Ephesians 5, uh, verse 25. And it, it says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and lay down your lives for her. And it was in that moment, because I was tuned in, that God said this. He said, let her pick the next house. I mean, if you know, I had an argument with God after that right there. I was like, can I counsel you? This is not, you're not thinking straight today, you know? This is not good encouragement. Um, and so after about 40 seconds or four minutes or four hours, something like that, I finally gave in. And I, I'm telling you, and this is the next one, the way that the Holy Spirit could manifest in your life is that a deep, calming peace came over me as soon as I surrendered. And see, that's how surrender happens, is to give in to God in that area that's causing you uh, stress and anxiety, to give it over to him again. So I told Taryn that she was gonna get to pick the next house. She just about passed out. And um, then I told her that God had told me so. And she said, yeah, it's because you wouldn't have said it. God had to tell you. And uh, so she was on a mission. It was probably two days later, she comes to me. And of course, she's found a house and so I'm very skeptical, so I, we go over to look at the house, and as soon as I see the house, come on, how many of you know my peace was gone? I was like, oh my gosh, what is happening? God, you, I told you you were wrong, God. And, and sure enough, I look at the house. How many of you know it's a bad sign whenever the landscaping in front of the house is actually higher than the, the roof of the house? It's like, oh God. And then I learned that the woman that lived there prior had died in the house. Come on, how many of you know I'm freaked out? 
I'm having flashbacks to horror films. And make matters even worse, Taryn goes inside and she starts saying this as she's walking me through. So we're gonna bust through this wall. We're gonna gut this room. We're gonna create an open floor plan. We're gonna redo the kitchen. I'm thinking to myself, this house is going to collapse because it was an old house. And then to make matters even worse, uh, she walks me to the basement. Now we don't have basements around here, but they're up there. And one thing I've always been told about basements is you don't want to smell that wet, damp smell. I smelled it by the time I walked in the front door. So I, I'm like, we're walking down and to make matters even worse, we're walking down this dark, creaky, awful, scary basement. And I kid you not, there was chains dangling in the distance. <laughs> I was having like Freddy Krueger flashbacks, Nightmare on Elm Street. I mean, I'm just losing it. Don't watch those shows. Um, and so by this time, my peace is lost and I'm now correcting Jesus. You know, I'm like, Lord, see, see, this, is, this was not a good idea. So we're sitting in the driveway. And so of course, in this moment, what do you do? Well, as the head of my family, I decided I was gonna be real spiritual and pray. Like, babe, we just need to pray about this. Come on, we need to go to the throne of the Lord. And uh, because I was scared to death at this point. And so, uh, plus also the house was $70,000 more than what we even qualified for at that time. So we pray, Jesus, please correct your own course and uh, allow me to pick the house. No, we said, God, if this is your will, then you gotta show us, and you gotta show us quick, because she wanted to make an offer. So I kid you not, the next morning, she walks into the bedroom and she says this, David, last night the house price dropped by $70,000. Hear from God. It's the, the only, only way uh, to live with that deep, calming peace. Let me give you one last one, and then I'm gonna give you a key that I think is the key that I've learned that you can hear from God personally today, even in this service today, uh, in just a second. I'm gonna do something real similar to what was done uh, with me and how I heard that rep repetitive voice of God. But the, the third point and really primary way that you hear from God, and this is a critical one, and the reason I, I put it last is because it's often either last or not even thought about, and that is that we hear God through relationships. God has put certain people in your life in fact, last year, whenever I was here uh, with you, I talked about those three close Christian friends. Number one way to grow in this season of your life is to have three close Christian friends, but they're also in your life so that you can really vet the voice of God and find out if you really are hearing from the voice of God. In 2006, that Thanksgiving, how many of you know, after I heard that it was the now moment, I still came back to Pastor Stovall and had it very Loosely in my hand, I said, Pastor, this is what I think God is saying to me. What do you think? And he high-fived me. Man, has been my biggest supporter this whole time, the last seven years. But if he would have said no, that would have been it. You gotta have somebody in your life that you can hold it openly with an open hand and say, I think God is calling me to join the circus. <laughs> and that person can love you enough to say, you know, I just didn't have you pegged as a carny, you know? You don't even like animals. You're a woman and you don't have a beard. You know, I mean, you gotta have somebody that can be honest with you. Come on, somebody. That person is there on assignment just like you're on assignment in their 
life. It's so critical. All right, I'm gonna give you the key. And this is really the biggest thing you'll hear today. If you wanna hear from the voice of God, I found this one key and I use it all the time. And it's just simply this. In fact, you can apply it right now in just a second as we pray. If you really wanna hear from the voice of God in your life regarding that giant in your life or regarding any area of your life, you will hear from God today. Here's the key. If you agree right now and tell God that no matter what he says, you have already decided that you will obey. Why would God tell us anything if we will decide if we'll obey after he tells us? He wants to know ahead of time. He wants to know that you really will follow whatever he tells you. Let's bow our heads together because I want you to make contact today. So I'm gonna ask that question with every head bowed, every eye closed at both, at all the locations. No one looking around. I want you to really tune in during this time. This is, we're talking about tuning in. If you're here, you'd say, you know what? I need to hear from God. You know you're desperate too. You know that this is a make or break message in your life. You know you've gotta hear from God. Or maybe even you just want to hear from God. I tell you, the, the best Christian life is a life truly following Jesus by following the voice of God on a daily basis. Look, here's how we do it. If you're here today, I won't embarrass you or call you up, but at all the locations, if you wanna hear from God and you're ready and you've determined right now that no matter what he says, you will obey, then he's gonna speak to you. And I'm gonna pray for you in a second. But if that's you, no one looking around, Say, Pastor Dave, I wanna hear from God and I'm ready to obey. I want you to just at the count of three, lift your hand, ready? One, two, three, that's you, put it up, put it up, put it up. Awesome, I'm gonna pray with you. Anybody else, you know you need to be a part of this. Your hand raised is saying, I obey. Go and put them down. I got a second question. If you're here, you know, in order to hear from God, you, you have to have a relationship with God first. So maybe you just feel away from God today. Maybe you even woke up this morning, just felt just so distant. Maybe it wasn't anything that God did, but it was just truly, you know, a decision that you made that actually pointed your course in a different direction than with God. And you're ready to just get a fresh start in your re relationship with Christ. Man, I'm gonna pray for you. The Bible makes it very simple. It tells us that if we confess that Jesus is Lord and we believe that God raised him from the dead, it says you will be saved. And I'm gonna help you with that confessing part because it's very simple in a prayer. But I believe there's many of you ready to believe or believe again or believe afresh and anew today and get a fresh start with God. So I'm also, I'm not gonna embarrass you, but if that's you at all locations, I'm gonna count to three one more time. I want you to be included in this prayer if that's you. Ready? One, two, three. Put it up, put it up, put it up. Yeah, no one looking around. It's great. Go ahead and put your hands down. I want to see if we could do this at all locations. Uh, we could just all stand to our feet real quick. You can look up at me. I want to just pray with that second group, just aloud. Uh, all of us together, just as a community of believers, one body, all locations. Uh, with those that are committing their life to Christ, they're getting a fresh start with Jesus. They're going to have new encounters with God. And then I'll pray with that group that said, I'm going to obey no matter what you say. Let's say this together, you can close your eyes. Lord Jesus, thank you for going to the cross for me. Thank you for dying for my sins. 
Because you, I am forgiven. Because you, I am free. Thank you for saving me. Thank you that you rose again. Thank you that you paved a path all the way to heaven just for me. Thank you for my fresh start. Thank you for my new life. Thank you for my eternal life. In Jesus' name. Father, I also lift up every individual here that said, I will obey no matter what you say, God. I ask this week, even right now, you would speak to every person as they tune into you. Speak to them about those giants in their life. Speak to them even about the little steps they need to take to the right or to the left. You will show them the way. We ask it even in a counter this week in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. Our prayer is that it will help you to live a God-first life. For more information about Celebration Church and other available resources, please visit our website at www.celebration.org.